Hello and welcome to Mississauga Life and Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Jaffrey, joined again with my main man, Alex Stackick. Alex, how you doing? I'm very good. How are you, Sean? Thank you very much for inviting today for another amazing podcast. <laughs> of course. Not a problem. How was your uh, How was your New Year's Eve? Did you do anything exciting? It was really good. I went to meet some friends and they're at the same time past clients. It was really good. Really good time. Oh, that's, how about that's, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we uh, went out for breakfast during the day in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We went out to watch uh, Puss in Boots uh, in the movie theater <laughs> with the kids. Uh, probably mm-hmm. one of the best uh, New Year's Eves I've ever had. So yeah, it was all good for me. Nice, can't complain. Excellent, perfect. Great. So, Alex, today we're so what is our topic very... today, Sean? Yes. We would like to share with others. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about uh, a few things. We're going to be talking about um, the foreign buyer ban, which is a real hot topic these days. Everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it. It's all over the news. We'll get into that. Um, see exactly what it is and how. You know, we see it kind of affecting the market going down the road for 2023. Uh, yes. We'll get into a little bit of forecasting of what to expect uh, in terms of real estate prices this year. And then the mm-hmm. last thing I want to touch upon, Alex, is I want to get into what the target rates are for BMO, CIBC, you know, the major five banks, and what yes. they're hoping to achieve by the end of the year. So let's talk I about uh, the foreign buyer ban. Mm-hmm. So the Ford buyer ban just took an effect uh, January 1st, 2023. It was actually policy last year, sometime around June, July. Um, Parliament passed it. It's in effect now. And everybody's talking about it, especially people who are looking to buy. You know, They're kind of questioning whether this is going to have any sort of severe impact or a significant impact on the market. Um, so first of all, yes, I agree. let's just... Let's just talk about what this uh, this ban is. It's it's a temporary ban, a two year ban, on non residents of Canada. Right. So if you're not a Canadian yes. citizen, then you can't buy property uh, for two years in Canada. Um, uh, generally, and- yes, there are some exceptions. We can discuss about these exceptions as well. Right. But you're absolutely right, and uh, this situation reminds me and brings me back to 2017. When he had same scenario like now in 2023. Yeah, you're talking about the foreign buyer tax. Yes, right. Foreign buyer tax, yeah. and now we have exclusion. But you know, uh, based on information in 2017, uh, only two or 2.5 percent of all real estate transactions was done by foreign investors. So, let's see what will it be with these two years, man. Yep. So basically two years ban. I mean, I'm just going to read a little bit of the excerpt that I got from the government website. Uh, mm-hmm. It talks about um, the an individual. So a temporary resident, somebody who's an individual who's a non-Canadian and who purchases residential property in Canada with their spouse or common law partner, if the spouse or common law partner is a Canadian citizen. So that's fine. I mean, if, as long as you, know, you are a citizen or your spouse or common law partner is a citizen, uh, this does not apply to you. It applies to somebody who is not, who is in no way related to citizenship. Okay. Um, every non-Canadian that contravenes section four and every person or entity that counsels, induces, or aids or a bets or attempts a counsel, could be a lawyer, could be a real estate agent, could be a mortgage broker yes. who says to a non-resident, go ahead, purchase that property. Uh, that is an offense and um, it is prohibited. And this person, if found guilty of this offense, will be liable uh, conviction to a fine of not more than $10,000. So 
You don't follow and, the rules. And also that uh, by court order, they will have to sell that property. Right. So, I mean, the fine is mentioned $10,000 for the person who is, uh, I guess, the non-Canadian resident is making that purchase, but it, it doesn't mention what kind of fine, but obviously anybody involved in, the, in this transaction will also get penalized. Okay. Absolutely. If a non-Canadian is convicted of having contravene section for the Superior Court of the Province in which the residential property to which the contravene relates is situated, may on application of the minister order the residential property to be sold in the prescribed manner and under prescribed conditions. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Now, my, you know, I, I wonder how likely is it that, like, it says, you know, they may or they may not. It's up to the judge's discretion. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see how hard that's going to be kind of, like, implemented, uh, you know, by the courts. Because I'm pretty sure somebody, there's going to be people who are going to kind of break the law and go ahead and purchase the property anyways. Let's see what happens with that. Yeah, definitely. And when we're talking about exceptions, so who is accepted? Temporary residents studying in Canada, so they can buy. Temporary residents working in Canada. Refugees, uh, refugee claimants, uh, accredited members of foreign missions in Canada, indigenous people in communities are also part of exclusion of this law. And of course, if you're buying recreational property, you still can buy as no Canadian resident that kind of property. Correct. Right? So if you're purchasing a cottage, uh, there's no limitations on on that. You can buy it as a non-Canadian citizen uh, or sorry, as a non-resident. You can also purchase uh, multiple dwelling unit sort of building like so for example a duplex or something i believe it's with four units or more three plus uh, you, three plus three units, plus okay you yeah. can buy so, as a foreign no canadian investor right so triplex or more apartment building uh that's fine you can still go ahead and purchase that um now you know what's you know what's interesting so okay Let's get that clear. So the three living units or more you can purchase, but you can't purchase a townhouse, a semi, a condo, detached. All those things are off limits. Okay. There's another uh, stipulation here. Okay. So it says here the legislation applies to residential properties that are located in a census metropolitan area or a census agglomeration, uh, says CMHC. So a census metropolitan area that has a total population of at least 100,000 people with at least 50,000 living in its core while a census, a census agglomeration has a core population of at least 10,000 people. So the regulation also applies to vacant land that does not have any livable dwellings, but is zoned for residential or mixed use. So yes. you, there are certain exceptions. Again, I don't think it affects like the average Canadian resident, the average Canadian buyers. I think it falls more into, uh, you know, the uh, leisure properties, lands, um, you know, big commercial investments like uh, condo buildings, uh, things like that. And uh, what else? So, We've already talked about what happens to people if they don't uh, comply. There's a fine, and then, you know, you can be forced to sell that property, put it back on the market. Okay, great. Question that I have is, do you think this is going to have a significant effect on the real estate market, uh, this two-year ban? I don't believe. I don't believe because you remember we were reading some numbers from banks and other data. It's mentioned that... Only 4.8% of investments are investments from foreigners. 
and 90% of these investments are condo apartments in Toronto and 80% of condos in Vancouver as the two major foreign investment markets. So we are not talking about townhouses, we are not talking about detached houses, we are talking that the major part of investors, foreign investors, 80 to 90% of them they're investing in core downtowns, condo markets. Yes. So, I mean, right, less than 5% investing in mostly condos, uh, not so much in detached or anything like that. It doesn't seem like it's going to have a significant effect on the real estate market as a whole. Uh, I don't believe so. So when I, when, I think, when I think of a foreign buyer, Alex, I'm thinking like, okay, somebody living you know, somewhere other than Canada, maybe it's Hong Kong, maybe it's New Zealand, wherever. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's thinking, hey, you know what? Canadian market is really good for investment. Let me go ahead and, and invest in a condo there. Uh, it's going to kind of stop that person from, it's going to deter that person from investing. But I did some research and I found that there is, there's a lot that's going on that this law doesn't really kind of affect, right? So when mm-hmm. we talk about foreign investment, um, have you, I'm sure you've heard of Transparency International. It's an organization that does like, um, they try to expose corruption in different parts mm-hmm. of the businesses in different parts of the world, whether it's banking, whether it's real estate. Um, and according to them that there is, you know, the laws around investing in real estate as somebody who wants to stay anonymous, uh, they're very laxed. They're very laxed and people are able to do that. As a matter of fact, what do I have here? I have a little excerpt I write to, I'd like to read to you from the Transparency International mm-hmm. Report. Okay, so they say that Toronto, and by the way, all of the stuff that we're talking about, we're going to put the links in the description so you can you know check this information out and analyze for yourself. Uh, so it says here that Toronto consistently ranks amongst the world's most livable cities, yet paradoxically, it is one of the least affordable. As of 2018, Toronto was the 10th most unaffordable housing market and had the third worst housing bubble risk globally. Faced with the crisis situation, the provincial and federal governments have begun to intervene and measure. Oh, this is this is the tax we were talking about. Mm-hmm. In 2017, non-residential speculation tax and yes. audits of known real estate speculators in the GTA. Yet, without accurate and available data on the true owners of property, these efforts will fall short. Finance Minister Bill Morneau, we all remember him, has Mm -hmm. said himself that a good policy is impossible without good data. And we could not agree more. As this report shows, a good AML, AML stands for anti-money laundering, regime is also impossible without good data. With that in mind, we set out to shed some light on the extent of opaque ownership amongst opaque ownership and financing in Canada's largest housing market. The data shows that billions of dollars in the GTA housing market has been acquired by anonymous owners using funds of unknown origin, hiding behind companies. These owners make cash purchases or borrow from unregulated private lenders, avoiding scrutiny from financial institutions with anti-money laundering controls like the big five banks and reporting obligations. So the point that I'm trying to make here, Alex, is that we have a system in place where if somebody really wants to on a large scale get into real estate investment in Canada, they can still do that. I'll give you a really surprising stat. All the homes that are sold in Toronto, over 50% of them are owned by companies that nobody really knows who the true owners are. That's the situation today. This foreign buyer tax 
doesn't affect that, doesn't change that. So in my view, based on the information that's in front of me, I don't really think that this foreign buyer tax two years, so it's a foreign buyer ban for two years is really going to affect the market that much. It's pretty insignificant in my view. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Especially if you're talking about this low low percentage, less than 5% in all you know, transactions in one year. It's a really minor percentage to affect significantly prices. I think we need more supply, right? We need more supply. And what, what has happened, the reason why we've seen the, you know, the, the price adjustment we've seen is because of the thing we've always been talking about. Interest rates have been too low. And because interest rates have been too low, everybody's buying. And not, not only is everybody buying, people are buying multiple properties. You know, and, yes. I, and anecdotally, just by looking at the clients that I have, I can tell you that you know, there's quite a few people who have more than one home. Yes. One primary residence, two investment properties is a very common theme. So is it the foreign buyers? No, it's cheap money and it's the, it's the access to all this real estate that people were able to get and build their portfolios, which was causing that shortage and less homes on the market, you know, means higher prices for everybody else. Absolutely. Um, and okay, more respect to- is when you have in Toronto, you remember that we had problem with the renting the properties because we had so-called black window effect guys here 20 30 condo properties in downtown none of them are leased again another right. legislation was implemented but how effective it will be we will see very soon right yeah it's it's just it's all eyewash it's just all just to make everybody feel like the government's doing something but realistically they're not i i from everything that i have looked into all the research that i've done i think when it comes to this sort of like, uh, you know, uh, real estate investment by a shell company in countries like the Canada, the US, uh, you know, uh, the UK, it, was, it wasn't until the Ukraine conflict that, the, you know, the UK government started saying, hey, Russians, you know, your money's no good. It's all black money. It's from the oligarch families. And it's, 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 uh, it's coming from illegal resources to take out your money. You know, like prior to yeah. that, everybody was okay with that. So I think we kind of fall into that category where, yeah, Canada's a really good place to invest. As long as you kind of play by the unsaid rules, which is to create a shell company and you don't know who the owners are and then you, you know, invest with all this cash, you're fine. The foreign buyer man doesn't do anything for that. Okay. Anyways, so I think, I think we've kind of made our point very, very clearly at this point. Yeah. Of that it's not going to have a significant impact, but let, let's see. Let's see. Let's wait for January, February numbers to come out. Right, March numbers to come out, and we'll visit this again, and we'll see. Like, hey, January first is when the the buyer ban went into effect. What's happened to the prices? Because as far as we know, the last three to four months, the average price really hasn't moved much. It's kind of stayed the same. Absolutely. So, if there's going to be if there's going to be an effect, we'll see for sure. Uh, if if there is something significant that's happening, okay. Uh, you want to get into some forecasting? I got some numbers for you in terms of uh, what uh, different yeah, institutions. Great are kind of, of forecasting for, for the real estate average prices. All right, so the biggest one here, the Canadian Real Estate Association is forecasting that in 2023, average prices are going to be up 0.2%. What do you think? <laughs> With these mortgage rates, I don't believe so. Well, this I, is a I, forecast, I right? This is a, Nobody knows what's going to happen. Okay, Royal LePage, get ready for this one. 2023... They're predicting that the prices are going to be down 1% year over year. No, I don't, see, I don't I, believe so. I, I, yeah, I think that's very, very, I don't know. Optimistic. I don't know what the word for that is. Very, too <laughs> optimistic. Okay. Remax says that the 
average price is going to be down 3% year over year in 2023. Very close to Royal LePage, very optimistic. Um, you know, as a homeowner, somebody who owns real estate, you, you, you don't want it to be more than that. But again, like you just mentioned, if it's really connected to the real estate, uh, sorry, really connected to the mortgage rates and, you know, depending on where, they, where those rates are, the prices are going to follow. I mean, that's, it's just, we've seen that. Uh, yes. TD I is think making a prediction. Yeah. Sorry, mm -hmm. go on. Yeah, I, I, I think I read an article that CHMC was predicting on their data that market with these mortgage rates will drop. If I am sure, I have to double check once again, that probably prices in 2023 will drop about 7 to 10% with this level as of mortgage long rates. As, yes, with the, with the current level of mortgage rates. Can the current level of mortgage yes. rates still fluctuate? 100% they can. There's a possibility yes. that they can... If they don't go, if they don't go up, which they're not likely to do, they will come down, and then you know the prices will be affected according to the rates. Um, TD is forecasting uh, with the current rates; they're expecting average prices to come down about ten percent. RBC is at eight point five percent for twenty twenty three, and Fitch Ratings is a rating agency which kind of rates like different sort of like uh, investment vehicles uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. They're predicting in the U.S. up to five percent reduction in price. In 2023, and in Canada, uh, they're predicting minus seven maximum. Uh, so those are the predictions. Now, again, predictions depending on the interest rates. There are target rates for different banks. I looked into you know the big five, and mm -hmm. looking ahead to the end of 2023 into 2024, analysts are penciling in the first Bank of Canada rate cuts which could take the overnight rate back down to 3% mark by the end of 2024. So we're looking two years down the road. Uh, we could be at um, 3%. Obviously, all of this is kind of linked to inflation and, you know, the international crisis and conflicts. And our, our, and our economy performance is the most important because Absolutely. target is to be on 2% inflation. Yes. And uh, um, I believe that I read that RBC is predicting that most probably – our economy will go in recession the first quarter of this year and depends on economical parameters. Uh, question is, will the Bank of Canada increase mortgage rates on 25th of January once again or not? But economical activity is the determining factor. What is the next step? So the next uh, rate hike announcement is the 25th of January. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Um, it, it, nobody knows it will be hike or not, but... Yeah, it's an announcement. Date, they, that yes, announcement, of course. 100%. So the Bank of Canada makes regular announcements very often, but we, we just don't know what it's going to be about. Um, yeah. Most likely, from what I'm reading and hearing, it's not going to be a rate hike, but anything's possible. Um, so the target rate for BMO for 2023 is 4.5. CIBC is 4.25. RBC is 4.25. Scotia is 4.25. TD is actually targeting at 3.75 for 2023. And all of these guys for 2024 are kind of targeting around 3%. TD is a bit more aggressive at 2.25%. So let's see. Those are the predictions again. So many moving parts. But, but Sean, when we are talking about 4.25, just to make a clear statement, for the audience, when we expect, actually, when banks expect to have mortgage rate 4.25 in 2023, a beginning when year, they, mid of year, end of year, the year. At the, by the end of the year. 
This is by, by the end, end of the year. year. Yes, okay. this is okay. year end so for 20, 2023. Yes, absolutely um, understand. And again, these are these are their targets. It's a you know it's a moving target, right? Like it gets changed <laughs> down the road. <laughs> but but that's what they're saying right now. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay, so I I I don't know if there's anything you want anything else you want to add to what we talked about right now, but uh, you know we basically wanted to tackle this uh, topic of uh, home buyer ban. Uh, uh, again, I'd like to state my position. I think it's eyewash. I think it's uh, it's theatrics. Nothing is going to change significantly. It's all really related to the uh, you know number one to the economy and then to the interest rates. Uh, so let's see what happens. But I have a feeling, Alex, that when we look at the numbers back, you know, once we're in March and we look at January, February, we're not going to see a, mm-hmm. a significant impact on the price. That's what I think. Yes, absolutely. And let's see how we how these investors who are not Canadians will work now and where they will place their money in real estate in Canada. Most probably They're because gonna... they they have to have option to buy. You know, vac- this vacation properties, maybe who is looking to maybe sell in one year from now, they should keep and hold these properties because maybe these investors will invest there or somebody who has multiple units, uh, you know, they should keep and hold these properties because these foreign investors will probably uh, buy these properties because it would be allowed to do so. You know, nobody has perfect formula, but based on these bylaws, it seems to be very logical to me. What do you think it's interesting that? because I was reading that uh, from, you know, we, we mentioned Fitch ratings uh, and they were talking about how uh, real estate values, it was in Brazil, Mexico, mm-hmm. and there was another country, I believe it was Colombia, are expected to go up uh, 7 to 10% this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So their economy is a little bit, uh, doing a little bit different. So maybe they'll go over there or, you know, there's always the option of starting a shell company and hiding your money. So you never know. There's many, many options for uh, investors depending on on the level of, uh, <laughs> the level of money Creativity, and that yeah. influence you have. Exactly. So yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, so that's it for us. Again, we're going to try. I mean, I'm going to definitely put all the links for all of these articles that we talked about in the description. Uh, any questions or concerns, reach out to me, reach out to Alex, and we'd be more than happy to oblige. Great. That's it. Thank you, Sean, right. for your time and see you next week with uh, another great topic. Sounds good. Okay. Have a good day. See you, man. Bye-bye. Bye now.